Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Sex Spiral, Forgiven and Free from Pornography. The Sex Spiral will teach you God's design for sexuality, the triggers that lead to porn addiction, and how to exit the sex spiral with a purity plan for your life. You can order online at Amazon.com or any other retailer. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's show. The Dustin Daniels Show. Unashamedly proclaiming God's purity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Devoted to saving marriages. Dedicated to protecting children. Addressing sex with biblical truth and without shock value. You're listening to the intersection of life and lust. Call toll-free at 1-855-5-DUSTIN. And now, here's your host, Purity Pastor Dustin Daniels. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. If God doesn't build that house, the builders only build shacks. And if God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman, (laughs) he might as well take a nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't Don't you know that he enjoys giving rest to those he loves. Psalm 127, verse 1. Let me ask you this. Have you ever put that verse in context with your own marriage, your own home? How exactly are you strengthening your home, coming alongside of your husband or your wife and and teaching your children if you have them? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Those, those are some pretty sobering words for all of us. And on today's show, we're really going to get practical on how to build your home, build your marriage and your family, all from the wife's perspective by learning how to pray for your husband from head to toe. Sharon Janes is a popular conference speaker, avid blogger, and best-selling author of numerous books and Bible studies. She is also the co-founder of Girlfriends in God, with approximately 500,000 online devotion subscribers. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dustin. Glad to be here. Hey, I am so excited to hear from you. You have a, a new book. It's titled Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And this is a daily guide to scripture-based prayer, specifically written to wives for their husbands. What led you to to write this book? Well, Dustin, uh, about 10 years ago, I wrote another book called Becoming the Woman of His Dreams. And I talked about seven qualities every man longs for, um, interviewed hundreds and hundreds of men to and got them to fill out a survey about what they longed for in a wife. And then I broke that down into seven key um, areas. Um, one was she prays for him, two, respects him, she adores him, she initiates intimate friendship with him, she safeguards her marriage, she encourages him, and she sexually fulfills him. Well, the, and, the, and when you put all, that all together, the first, um, with the first letters, it, it, it does the word she pray, uh, praises. 
um, coming from Proverbs 31, where it says um, that his wife, he praises his wife. Um, and that first section is on praying for him. And I talk about the importance of prayer and about praying for your husband, scripture, head to toe. And I tell you what, I got so many um, comments from that. It was just a very small section of the book. And women wanted more. They wanted to know more about how to really pray for their husband. And you can imagine with, with 500,000 subscribers, just the girlfriends <laughs> and God, and that's just one little part of the ministry, um, that I get a lot of prayer requests. And the most prayer requests that I get from anything is on marriage, and I'm sure that's not a surprise to you considering what you do in ministry, but but women are struggling in marriages. Men are struggling in their marriages, and they come to me, and they, they have these situations they want to pray about. They want to change their husband's behavior, and, you know, I'm not going to give them advice, but I will tell them how to pray mm. because I don't know what God's doing in her life. I don't know what God's doing in their life, but I can tell you this. Instead of praying about a behavior you won't change, I tell them, listen, let's just pray for him in general. And let's pray scripture, because you don't know what God's doing in his life. And I lead them on how to pray scripture over their husbands. And it just started really hammering into me that women don't know how to pray for their men. They want to pray, but they really aren't sure how to do it. So when you combine the Word of God with prayer, I mean, you've got two mighty sticks of dynamite right there. I mean, that is some powerful praying. So I laid this book out in 30 Days of How to Cover Your Husband in Scripture, praying from head to toe, 16 different landmarks over his life. It's not praying specifics on how to change him. We're going to let God do the changing. We're going to do the praying. And God do what God needs to do. So that's kind of how that this book came about, just giving women a tool, a specific way to pray scripture over their husbands, not to be the man that they want them to be, but be the man that God wants them to be. Yeah, this is truly an amazing book, Sharon. When we started, when my wife and I started prepping for this show, she started praying over me using this devotional, and I could feel her prayers, and she could also sense the Holy Spirit leading her as she was praying through your devotion. So already within a couple months of doing this, there's a peace that surpasses our understanding uh, when the the power, like just like you said, the power of God's word and a godly woman wanting to pray for a husband. So thank you so much for taking the time to to write this devotion and and you have personally experienced how prayer changes lives as well. I have, you know, and it started out you know very early um, in my life. I was in, I was um, raised in a, a home that um, was just filled with violence, filled with alcohol. Um, parents were not Christian. I grew up as a, a little girl just afraid, Dustin. I, I remember going to bed at night, pulling up the covers over my head and just, and just wanting to go to sleep so I could shut out the noise of, of what was going on in that next room. And listen, we, we lived in a nice neighborhood. My, my father had a, a great job, and we looked like the typical American family. I mean, we even went to church on Sunday because of what good Americans did. We looked good. We walked into that church. People said, how are you doing today? And we said, I bet you can tell me. We're fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. fine. We're fine. And that's what everyone said. But that place was full of people who were not fine. But God didn't leave me that way. I mean, I grew up so terrified. And people thought I was just polite and shy. But I was scared to death. And um, and I just heard things a little child shouldn't hear. I saw things a child shouldn't hear. Many days I'd wake up with my, my mom had black eye or bruises where my dad had, had hit her. Mm. I mean, she was a bitter woman. She fought back. I mean, it was it was a bad situation. 
But when I was 12 years old, there was a woman in my neighborhood who took me under her wing, and she started telling me about the Heavenly Father who loved me so much that he gave his son for me. Um, I started going to church with them, and you know, I, honestly, Dustin, I thought she was a little strange because she talked about Jesus like she knew him personally, <laughs> and that was odd to me. But you know what? Since we're talking about marriages today, I loved being at their home because Mr. and Mrs. Henderson, that was, that was their name, they loved each other. They loved each other, and they would hug and kiss in front of us, have little pet names for each other, and, and I loved being over there because there was so much love in that marriage. And I didn't know why that family was so different from mine, but I knew it had something to do with this Jesus she kept talking about. Well, when I was 14, um, I, was, I was spending the night over their home. Actually, they had a daughter that was my best friend. But, you know, I, spent, I, I think about her mother so much and the impact she had in my life. But I was spending the night with them one night after, after she'd been mentoring me and loving me for two years. And she sat me down and said, are you ready to ask Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior? And Dustin, I said, you know, I said yes, and we prayed. But the problem was I had to go back into that violent environment the next day. Mm. But we began to pray for my family. And my little group of 14-year-old friends, they began to pray for my family. And it's, it's an incredible story. We don't have time to tell the whole thing today. But in three, three years later, my mom gave her life to Christ. I was out of the country studying abroad for the summer. I told her, I'm not going to be able to help you if anything goes wrong. If something happens, go to Miss Henderson. She'll help you. <laughs> and my mom gave her life to Christ that night. Wow. Awesome story. Wow. But what about this dad here? I mean, I always joke and say, you know, there's that song, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Well, my dad was badder than Leroy Brown. And oh, I mean, my goodness. I knew God could part the Red Sea, but <laughs> I wasn't quite sure if he could get a handle on this, my dad or not. But we began to pray for him, and three years after my mom came to Christ, it was six years, six years after my I had come to Christ, my father, I watched him over that time as, as God began to break him and break him and break him. And there was a time six years later when he was about to lose everything. He was being sued by a company. He was about to lose his business, the verge of a nervous breakdown. My mom had her own business, and she was at a meeting. We lived in North Carolina. She was at a meeting in Pennsylvania. My father got in his car and drove to Pennsylvania to try to find her her meeting. Couldn't find her. Drove by church, stopped his car, and he went in and said, I need someone to pray for me. Well, the pastor wasn't there, and this precious secretary drew him a map on a little scrap piece of paper and said, I know where there's this pastor building his church, Baptist church, out in the woods, Go find him. He will pray for you. Incredible. So my dad, with his little scrap of paper, he's finding this man in the woods, finds him with a hammer in his hand, Jesus in his heart, actually building on his church. And my, my dad says, I need you to pray for me. My father poured out his heart, told him everything he'd ever done. And then this precious man put his arm around my dad. And he said, now, Alan, let me tell you what I've done. Now, see, my father had been going to church with us. And he saw a bunch of people who were fine, not like him, who had done the things that he had done. At least he didn't know that they had. But here was a man in the woods of Pennsylvania who wasn't ashamed to tell his story. Mm. And once he told my dad, the way my dad had described it, he said, Sharon, every single thing I had done in my life, this man had done. And I knew if God could forgive him and he could be a pastor, then he could forgive me. And Dustin, what God had done through prayer is that not only had he broken my my father and made him ready, but he had 
sent him over 200 miles to a specific man who had a story to tell that was the one that my father needed to hear. Amen. And that is the power of praying for your husband. Wow. Today on the show, Sharon Janes, author of Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe, a daily guide to scripture-based prayer. To learn more about Sharon's ministry, you can visit girlfriendsingod.com. Now, Sharon, you mentioned that marriage, we all know if you're married, it's a lot of work. But do most of us interpret work as prayer? I don't think so. I think we as, as humans think of work as, as physically doing something, and that's part of our problem. I think we spend so much time doing trying to fix things and trying to um, change other people's doing, trying to change their behavior, that we forget the most important thing. When you you look at Jesus and you look at his life, think of what he accomplished in those three and a half years that he had his earthly ministry. You know, I, I don't think he ever worried. He never seemed busy. But he always just listened. He listened. He knew when to stop. He knew who to talk to. And I think he did that because he was so in tune with God. When we even see in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says that Jesus rose while it was still dark. He went to a lonely place, and he was praying there. And when he was praying there, I believe he was getting his marching orders for the day. And then his disciples come. And by the way, this isn't in the book. This is, this is all extra. But, uh, <laughs> we'll take it all day long. <laughs> his disciples came, and, and they said, um, you know, we've got to go back to that next town where you were yesterday and do some more miracles. And Jesus said, no, we need to go to the next town and share the gospel because that is what I'm here for. Mm. Now, what had happened with him spending that time in prayer, I mean, it was a good thing to go back and be busy and heal more people where he had been the day before, but that wasn't the best. That wasn't what God had for him on that particular day. We only know that through prayer. We only know that by having an intimate relationship with God. That is the work, is, is to getting on our knees in prayer and and opening the storehouse of heaven. You know, I don't, Dustin, I don't know why God set it up this way, but he set up that his will occurs on this earth when we hit our knees in prayer. Amen. It's like he's Amen. given us the, the keys to the storehouse of heaven. And when we pray, we bring God's will to earth as it is in heaven. Sharon, can you explain the difference between what prayer is and, and what it's not? Well, one thing prayer is not, it's not to twist God's arm to get him to do what we want him to do. <laughs> oh, you're breaking, oh, you're, and, and you're breaking my heart. I know. I, I, so, so many people just took a deep a deep sigh right then because they're so disappointed. But what happens when we pray is we are aligning our will up with God's will. And that's what he does. Many people quote that God gives us the desires of our heart. And what happens, what I see happening there is when I spend time in prayer, what's happening to the desire in my heart is it's changing. And it's becoming God's desire. And I don't want anything in my life that's out of God's will I, I want his perfect will to be done in my life, to be done in my husband's life. And when we pray and we pray scripture, I think what God wants to do is to, to line our desires up with his perfect will. And when we pray scripture, we know we are praying the will of God. When you're praying the word of God, you're praying the will of God. And that's why I just 
love getting women to go through the scripture and pray these scriptures over their husbands because they don't have to add, if it be thy will to that, end of that, as if they're not sure. You know this is God's will when you're praying his word over your husband. And you have plenty of, of stories to share, and I, I was wondering if you could share a couple uh, of these these stories that women have written back to you. Uh, you you tell the story of Beth, who her husband was dealing with, with pornography. Can you share that story with us? That's someone who she's discovered this. Um, she has confronted him with it, and she began, they've talked about it. It's not that she ignored it, but through praying for him and letting him know. And see, this is key, too, I think, letting him know that she's praying for him. She's seen that change. I think my one of my favorite stories is the one with, of Jana. She she actually destroyed her marriage, and she'll be the first to tell you that, that she destroyed her marriage with her words. I mean, she married a Christian man, but she sank into a depression. Um, he lost his business. She had to go back to work. She was angry, and she was bitter. And as we all know, hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And she began to hurt him with her words, thinking, oh, he's a Christian. He can take it. He'll never leave. But actually, Dustin, he did leave. He, he couldn't take it anymore, and he did leave. And she woke up one morning, the Holy Spirit said, is this what you wanted to see happen? You have destroyed your marriage with your words. Wow. Well, she knew that that maybe she couldn't restore the marriage, but she could certainly restore herself. And she made a commitment to Don that she was never going to disrespect him again. She was never going to speak to him the way that she did previously again. And she began to pray for him. And Don said, you know, I am so glad that you are getting yourself straight with the Lord and um, and Ashley, Dustin, this is a little sideline, she had not taken care of herself physically. She had gained 100 pounds and just you know, really let herself go. She made a commitment to get healthy again, to get herself right with the Lord again, and she was going to pray for her husband. Don said, that is great. I'm happy for you, but I just want you to know I'm moving on. I'm, I'm done with this, and mm. I'm moving on. Wow. And God spoke to John and said, don't you worry about Don. You just pray. (laughs) And um, he began seeing someone else. It did not look good for the home team. But she continued to pray. And as she began to continue to pray for him, he began to see the incredible difference in her that that God was doing in her. He began to see Jesus in her. And he fell in love with her all over again. They got remarried. He actually went to seminary. I mean, years ago. I mean, they're still, you know, they're two of our closest friends. Um, but it was an amazing thing, and she loves to talk to women. Um, actually, Justin, you mentioned the Girlfriends in God site, but on my own site, the SharonJanes.com site, um, women can email me through there. And there have been many women that I have sent saying, you know what, talk to Jana. Women whose husbands have left, and maybe they are divorced. But I have three friends that were divorced. And God did miracles, and they remarried their husband. Are you kidding me? No, no, I'm not. That is amazing. Glory to God. So it is is an amazing thing. And, you know, God is not finished. When we think it's over, it's not necessarily over. So I even encourage women, even though it looks so bleak and it looks totally like there's no way. I mean, our God, he's the God who takes a valley of dry bones, for goodness sake. And he gets the prophet to speak to him and raises up the dry bones and puts muscles and sinews and skins and turns that into a mighty.
mighty army. And if he can do that, he can certainly take a dead marriage and breathe new life into it. I've seen it happen, watched it happen. It's an amazing sight to behold. Sharon, how many times have you heard this? Well, I guess the only thing left to do, it's, it's to pray about it. What if we viewed prayer as our first course of action, right, rather than our last? What if we did that? Yeah, Dustin, not only have I heard it, I've said it myself. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Those words have come out of my mouth, and as soon as they do, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, how silly am I? (laughs) And it should never be our our last resort. Um, Prayer should always be our first course of action. And and I dare to say, if we did make it our first course of action, those other words would never have to come out of our mouth. I Mm. guess there's only thing left to do is pray about it. We should be praying about every situation in our life before we even take action. Because how do we even know what actions to take that are going to bear any fruit unless we've prayed about it first? Jesus said, um, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know what? We can be very busy. We can try our hardest. But unless we pray first, we're not even know what to do. I mean, look at when the fishermen were fishing and they fished all night and they tried their hardest. And then one word from Jesus the next morning, well, throw your net on the other side. And then that's when the fish came. So when we spend our time in prayer, we listen to God in prayer, then we know even what to do. So we need to quit trying so hard. And pray first and let God do the hard work. You know, our main job is to love people. Our main job is to love our husbands, to to make sure that we're showing respect to our husbands, even if they don't seem respectable. Go ahead and obey God. Scripture says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And when we go ahead and we, we show respect to them with our words, with our actions, with the way we take care of our, our own selves, the way we take care of our parents. You know, even take the way you take care of parents shows respect to your husband. You know, that's a whole other subject we don't have time for today. But just you know, showing respect to your husband, um, being kind to him, watching the words we speak. You know, those are ways that we love our husband. We love him, we pray, and we let God do the changing. Today on the show, Sharon Janes, author of her brand new book. It's called Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And it's a daily guide to scripture-based prayer. You can visit Sharon at girlfriendsingod.com. Also at SharonJanes.com. That's J-A-Y-N-E-S.com. And if you are a brand new listener to the program, you can visit us at DustinDanielsRadio.com as well. We have over 75 radio programs that contain Christian authors and pastors, filmmakers, and ministry leaders, all discussing God's plan of purity. God's plan of purity within sex, within singleness, marriage, family, children, and finances. You can listen to the show online. We've got podcasts. You can uh, go to iTunes and download all the programs there. If you have uh, questions, you can email us your questions. We have a free online community as well for you to get plugged in. And there's also a place on the site for you to join a small group. Got a question for us and you want to talk live to a live person? Well, we can do that too. It's one 855 dustin And I want to thank you for supporting this radio ministry. 
This radio program is a flat-out miracle, and it exists only by the grace of Almighty God. And I am so thankful that He is using you and your prayerful and your financial support to spread this message of purity to over 75 countries around the world. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God isn't just a lot of talk. It's living in God's power. And that power is in the very name and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is to live in God's power because it is for freedom that Christ set us free. I love you. I'll see you next week. The Dustin Daniels Radio Show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering counseling advice for your personal situation. If you need further help, we encourage you to seek the services of a Christ-based counseling professional. For more information on the radio show, visit DustinDanielsRadio.com.